be the believer that you were made to be by original design. Since that's who you awaken to and what you awaken to and who you truly are, let's talk about it. In today's cruel culture and wounded world, you deserve some good news. Preacher Things started in 2016, devotional encouragement that challenged how most believers believe. Later, I was approached about turning the social media post into something more akin to audiovisual format that explained and extended the thoughts for clarity. Clarity came in 2021. After a season of frustration, transition, personal growth, and soulful maturing, the Preacher Think podcast puzzle began falling into place while worshiping through bitterness, praising through change, being comforted, cared for, and counseled back into leadership, and enjoying a season of celebration. God blessed me with a team, the resources, the support, and the permission to present to you, Preacher Think, thoughts downloaded from God and His Word, uploaded to all through the lens of grace and kingdom. The original reality of us having been born from above, born through conception between a man and a woman, but created from the hand and the heart of God. I mean, because I, and I have to say that because I don't want you to get conception mixed up with creation. We were conceived by our mom and dad, but we were created by God. The original reality for, from God for us and, and, and the original reality for us being born from above is that we would have this picture of purity of ourselves, this picture of perfection of ourselves. And God has always had that picture of us in his mind way before we ever had a disfigured and marred picture of ourselves as we were born into this fallen world. And with the reality of, of the fall, the desire of God through Jesus is for us to have our mind changed about God, realizing he never, ever changed his mind about his prize, namely humanity. God loved us way before we thought to love ourselves. God has always adored us, even as we've adjourned via various escape mechanisms, thinking to find no adoration within ourselves. God believes in us while we struggle to believe in ourselves and him. And the truth is, is in his omnipresence, we've never, listen to this, We've never, ever been separated from God as his original intent and in scripture points to. And there is no scarcity of his grace, of his empathy, of his soulful uh, maturity within us, of, of completion in spirit, because you've got the whole of the Holy Spirit. You don't have a junior Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not coming in increments. Y you have been put in beautiful, complete, union, your human spirit with his Holy Spirit, and you are holy, complete, and perfect in that arena of your life. There is no scarcity of substantiation as sons and daughters. And as you have believed, you are that. There is no uh, scarcity in uh, him leading us into destiny. Uh, there's no scarcity of having ordered purchase by the blood of Jesus and giving us purpose that leads to fulfillment that falls in any way short to the eternal significance, worth, and beauty we have held in the eye of the beholder who is God. That's the truth. God's desire to revert our mind. Listen to this, y'all. I truly believe that God desires to revert our minds back to that memory of us, the very memory God has always had of us, 
before we ever had a twisted memory or thought of ourselves. The memory of being lavishly loved and not lost. The memory of being accepted and not rejected. The memory of again being clean and not dirty. Close and not distant. Not only are we, were we made to be God's story enjoyers and sharers, that whole piece of information I just shared with you, sharing that with other people so they can come alive in, in, in Christ Jesus and really begin to dive into this journey back to th this original idea and thought and reality that God has had of us. Listen to this. Number three, we were also remade to be deconstructors and reconstructors. What do I mean by that? To deconstruct the misconception of us in regard to our story according to the fallen world, to reconstruct or reclaim the reality of us according to kingdom, which is our true world. The reality of righteousness, peace, and joy, and all of the heaven that we are not only going to obtain someday in the sweet by and by, but that we have right here, right now, in the nasty here and now. Can I get us to consider God wants to bring us back to our original consciousness, original consciousness, the consciousness that Adam's eyes opened to when God brought him to life and he beheld before him the very personification of love in the person of God. Can I also get us to consider what, if, listen to this, what if, what if all of our questioning all of our fascination with the unknown, all of our rambling hard after religion rather than trusting the pace of grace is all due to this deep desire to recapture and reclaim and reimagine even the very consciousness we had in God at creation that was reality before we or the world was ever even formed. Can I get you to consider that? It, I mean, listen, it, it's like, it's like running hard after an innate pursuit of satisfaction that we attempt to find attached to uh, uh, money, social status, uh, power of various persuasions and respect, not understanding the pursuit of those things will not fulfill the longing of us returning to our first love and our original design. Now, I want to mention this. I, I, I really do. Because I credit some of the language that you're currently hearing from me to author, speaker, and messenger of grace, Dr. Um, Randall Worley, who recently, I, I got an opportunity to sit in, a, um, in some teaching sessions of his, and he began putting language to some thoughts that I had been personally mulling over and even discussing in small batch with some others in, in this same vein. He says this, and I quote, listen to this quote, the most important thing about us is our original reality of creation in love by love himself, God. <laughs> the most important thing about us is our original reality of creation in love by love himself, God. Now, I think that is so important because to rip the card of condemnation out of the hand of anyone that dares to trounce us um, in the tragedy of sin is to develop a pulse and propensity to teach, preach, prophesy, point forward, 
uh, gather, share uh, with people around the message and reality of our Christ righteousness and affirmation as the beloved of God. That's Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. So what I, what, what I do what I do is not who I am in regard to my identity. I am who God says I am as one that is restored, redeemed, renewed, and reformed as the truth of the core of my identity. This is the believing, dependent beings we were forever created to be and nothing less. Not only were we made to be deconstructors and reconstructors, deconstructing this misidentification of ourselves and reconstructing our lives on the foundation of grace, building upon it, like I talked about in the very beginning. Uh, we were also made to thrive within our true world as ones of love. Listen to this, being completely okay, being perfectly imperfect. We've got to learn how to be okay being perfectly imperfect. This is where, listen to this, this is where our lean into faith and dependence on Jesus really comes into play. We've got to set a stake in the ground, so to speak, to either believe or disbelieve Jesus as our bridge back to our pre-fall selves where mankind resided in paradise tending to the ground of God's garden that he produced, not that we produce by the sweat of our brow and the toil of our hands, like the happenings of the post-fall when, when God cursed the ground as a consequence of man's disbelief, disillusionment, and disobedience. You got to remember God cursed the ground. He didn't curse the man. God would never curse what he had blessed, what he created. He didn't curse the man. He cursed the ground. But when we get back to uh, reverting back to, again, this original consciousness, we begin to tend, get back to tending the ground of God's garden that he produced, not that we produced by the sweat of our brow and the toil of our hands. And on the grounds that we choose to believe, the written word that points to the living word, the word that speaks to our harmonious existence at creation and is exemplified in the nature and character of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whom we live, move, and have our being, we believe that based on the truth of our spirit having been perfected all while our soul, listen, is still being perfected. We believe all of these things about ourselves while we're still perfectly imperfect, perfectly saved, but not perfectly behaved. This means, listen, we've got to be okay with having more questions than having answers. Uh, being perfectly saved, again, while not being perfectly behaved. Um, being perfectly sustained, empowered, and transformed while learning to grow up into all we already have in spirit in our soul. I mean, after all, listen to this, none of our struggles challenges, problems, or messiness we find ourselves in scares God or keeps him from having already entered into it to show us what perfection, uh, life, and our real identity looks like in the midst of those things as they simultaneously try to lie to us and identify us as anything other than already forgiven, 
already liberated, already infused with all of the promises of God, already identified in and with Jesus and already having obtained a life that we get to live rather than crumbling under the law that we have to keep. The life in Christ is about a life that we get to live, not a law that we have to keep. Keep, and, and, and has it ever occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? There is nothing that has ever caught God off guard. Your sin isn't special. There's nothing that you've ever done wrong or right where God said, wow, I didn't account for that. Oh my goodness, I didn't know that you could do that. Or, and when it comes to sin, it was nothing that he ever looked at and said, oh my God, I never thought of such depravity in a person that could happen. Nothing's ever caught God off guard. And yet, and still, him knowing all of that, he still loved us, liberated us, gave us, infused us with his promise, identified us with himself, and gave us a life to live instead of crumbling under a law that we have to keep. And we must remember, God became man in the person of Jesus to empathize with us, yet in so doing remained perfect himself. That's Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. His empathy allows us to grow just as much getting it wrong as we do getting it right, having way more questions than we do answers, being perfectly imperfect. Now, please, again, like I have to say often, please don't say what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we settle in infamy. But what I am saying is that we get to uh, live spiritually as originally intended at creation, while at the same time recognizing that we haven't arrived at perfection in all of our attitudes and our actions and uh, knowing that none of that, listen to this, none of that threatens the reality of how God feels about us, which is one that dares and desires to be intimately intertwined and interlaced into every aspect of our lives to show us what he is like, what life truly looks like, what acceptance looks like, and how we are to simply be. Not so much do, but simply be in that reality, harnessing it as our own to have and to hold through good times and bad, for richer or for poor, and sickness and in health, as death has done its part. <laughs> I remember what Galatians 2.20 says, for I have been crucified with Christ. That means you've already died, and I no longer live, but the life I now live is the life of Christ and the life that I now live is one of him living in and through me where he loved me, still loves me, and he died for me. And now he lives in and through me. Now, now we live from the faithfulness of Jesus, not for it, not out of our faithfulness to him. Remember, when we are faithless, he remains faithful, 2 Timothy 2.13. And I'm not, listen, I'm not saying that we don't operate in faithfulness and commitment, but what I am saying is there's no need to become fearful, beloved, when we miss the mark. We live from him believing in us much more than us believing in ourselves or our fickle faith toward him that we choose to uproot and snatch back when we think we've got our uh, when we think we've got an aspect of our life all figured out and under control and we're doing it all in our we think we're doing it all in our own power we can choose to live y'all beyond that 
and live from the original intent pinned in the creation narrative. And we can do so even as we miss the mark at times in our soul. Because remember, we are spirit. We have a soul and it's in a body. Our spirit is already perfected and our soul is being perfected. We're growing up in our soul up into everything that we already have and know of in our spirit. So again, God is not thrown on the mercies of our mishap language, thoughts, and belittling of ourselves because he knows none of that is true of our identity in him. So it would suit us to simply say what he says about us and live from that reality for a life of being who he, you know, from a life uh, and in a life of us just being who he says we are. It's about us just being whole lot more than it is about us doing. Conclusion. Who does God say we are? Who have we been made? We are image bearers whose image tells the story of God. We are made to be God's story enjoyers and sharers, enjoying and sharing God's bigger story and living from it, not for it. We are made to be deconstructors and reconstructors, deconstructing the misconceptions of us in regard to our story according to the fallen world, to reconstruct and reclaim the reality of us according to kingdom, the kingdom of God, which is our true world. And we are to thrive with our true world as ones of love being completely okay being perfectly imperfect, knowing that this is where our lean into faith and dependence on Jesus comes into play. Simply put, just be. Stop trying and start trusting. Stop striving and start thriving in the reality of who God made you from original intent the very creation narrative from the foundation of the world since before the foundation of the world from that time that when Adam had his breath God's breath breathed into his lungs Adam woke up to love stop trying to become who Christ says he already is within you and simply allow him to live through you as you just be well, we've run out of time, but I surely hope that you guys have enjoyed being with us today. Thank you for joining us for this first episode, episode one of season eight. Looking forward to the remainder of this season. Surely hope that you'll connect with us. And of course, we hope that you'll continue to live out your life at the pace of grace. You guys be blessed. Want to share the good news? You can support Preacher Thing by sharing it with everyone using the share button. You can stay connected to Preacher Thing via Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and various podcast streaming platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about what the gospel has done for you, message us or leave them in the comment section. You can also email us at PreacherThink at gmo.com. Thanks for tuning in.